0: just want you to stay right there in a the posture of worship but I'm gonna allow you to be seated just for a moment I'm gonna run through some verses with you and they're gonna to continue to play and we're gonna enter right back into worship but listen you can worship the Lord and be seated can't you amen you know one of the things we like to do and it's funny because I, I was raised Catholic and I don't, I don't know if anybody in here was, was has ever been Catholic praise God we got one but listen, when we, went to, when we went to church, we took communion every Sunday at the Catholic Church. I had no idea what I was doing, but we took it nevertheless. So I think it's important whenever we come together and we take communion, when we come to the Lord's table, it's important that we know what we are doing. And I want to talk about that a little bit uh, with you tonight, just before we, before we get into this. I want to share some verses with you out of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11 first verse that I have here it says for I received from the Lord this is Paul speaking he said I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed he took bread next verse says and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me now what I love about this is is from the from the outset it says that Jesus the night that he was betrayed he took bread and gave thanks. And you see that Jesus Christ represents for us a model of thanksgiving, a model of mercy and love because he's sitting at a table with a man that he knows is going to betray him and turn him over to the Roman officials for him to be crucified, for him to be beaten that night, for him to be spat upon and put to death. And he knows that that man is betraying him but yet Jesus washes that man's feet and Jesus feeds that man at the same table with everyone else. Because even when we were enemies of God, he still loved us. Amen. And he remains, he continues to love us even when we are enemies of God. It wasn't because we were perfect or because we began to get it right that God said, I'm gonna send my son. It was while we were enemies of God that Christ came and died for us. And I love this because it says that when He He knew the night that He was going to be betrayed, He chose to give thanks. And many of us, I'm telling you, we come in here with a lot of burdens, we come in here with a lot of difficulties, and some of you, you've been betrayed some of you you've been hurt some of you you've been abused but yet in this position Jesus chooses to give thanks and he demonstrates it even more because when he goes to the cross the very people that crucify him he says father forgive them for they know not what they're doing and when we receive communion one of the things that we're receiving is we're reminding ourselves of the forgiveness that God brings us but one of the things that I like to do is make sure that I'm walking in forgiveness toward all those who have hurt me as well I'm telling you, one of the greatest forms of bondage that Satan brings upon people uh, throughout history he has is through bitterness and unforgiveness. When somebody gets hurt, there's division, there's anger, there's bitterness, and all these things begin to infect our soul. And Jesus teaches us that the same way that He has forgiven us is the same way that we must forgive those around us. And He demonstrates that. That the night He was betrayed, He took bread. And then that same last verse, we put that last one up I just read. He says, this is my body that was broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. I love what Jesus does because each time He takes communion, it says that He took bread. It's a picture of His incarnation. That the Son of God, the eternal Word of God that made the universe, He took bread. He took on flesh and became like you and I. That's a miracle in itself. But then it says he blessed that bread and he gave thanks in which he he gave us his life and 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 he gave us that blessing that came from his life. And then he took that bread and he broke that bread. And that's a picture of his crucifixion. And he says, this crucifixion, my body, which is broken, it's done for you. And in the act of communion, he's inviting you to partake of all of the benefits That he has paid for us to have. Because see, as Christians, a lot of times we believe that if we just believe and say the prayer, man, the benefit is you get to go to heaven when you die. And you know what? If that's that's the only benefit that we ever got, I'd say sign me up. Amen? That's still a good one. But there are many more benefits that come with what Jesus has purchased for us on the cross. And when we receive communion, he's asking us to come into that place. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Now, I like it because he's saying you need to remember these things because I, I don't know about you, but when I have a difficulty maybe with sickness or somebody is suffering or we experience untimely death or different things are going on and I've got these, these issues in my life, sometimes I forget who the Lord is and what he's done. In Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord, all that is within me, bless His holy name. And He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Don't forget it, but be put in remembrance. You've got to remember sometimes. You've got to go back to the cross and remember what Jesus has paid for you. And it says, don't forget, it says, because He forgives all of your iniquities. Not just some of them. I know some of you come in here tonight and you think, well, there's some things that I just have a hard time believing God's going to forgive me for. And I can't forgive myself for what I've done. But Jesus' blood is so powerful that it cleanses you from every sin that you've ever committed. And he casts it as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. That's a good benefit. But then he goes on a little bit further and he says, who heals all of your diseases. Now, that's almost an outlandish statement. Many of us wouldn't even believe that but it says it right there. Who heals all of your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction because Satan is, is, he has been sent to bring destruction into your life and many of you have faced that destruction maybe even in your families or wherever. But he says he is going to buy you back out of that destruction and then he's going to crown you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Not with judgment, not with wrath, not with anger but with mercy and compassion he's going to crown you. And then he says that he's going to satisfy your mouth with good things. I like that because we're getting ready to take something into our mouth. Amen. We're getting ready to have communion. We're getting ready to receive it in our mouths. He says, I satisfy your mouth with good things and I renew your youth like the eagles. Now, how many in here would like to have your youth renewed? Amen. I'll receive some of that. I mean, I'm just 32, but I don't care to drop down a few years. You know, I mean, praise God. The next verse, put, put the next verse up in, in 1 Corinthians. It says, in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whatever you drink in remembrance of me. Now, he says, this is a new covenant. See, in the old covenant, they would offer up sacrifices. They would offer up the blood of a lamb. And the priest would put his head on that lamb to impute sin into that lamb. And on Passover, they would actually take those lambs, and at 9 a.m., they would offer one up and and shed the blood of that lamb. And then the the priest would stand ministering until 3 p.m., and at 3 p.m., he would offer the blood a second time, and he would hold out his hands and say, It is finished. But on Passover in the new covenant, when Jesus was crucified, he was crucified on Passover, and at 9 a.m., they nailed him to the cross as the sacrificial lamb for our sins. It was a new covenant. And he hung there standing until 3 p.m. And at 3 p.m., not only as your sacrifice, but as your high priest, he said, it is finished. Because his payment of blood did not just cover your sins for one year to be redone over and over and over again. But the blood that was paid for your sin purchased it once and for all to take care of your sins once and forever. Amen. And when He returns because of your faith, He is no longer returning to deal with your sin because your sin has already been dealt with on the cross. All the punishment that we ever deserved was placed on Jesus. In that moment. That's the new covenant in His blood. The next verse says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. Now I want you to understand this because we believe, I believe personally, my wife and I, we take communion at the house a lot. We've got one of those big boxes and when, when things are going on in our lives, we'll pray through some things and we'll come back to remembrance. And I believe that when we do that in our home and when we're praying over our family and over situations, I believe that what we are doing is we are proclaiming the Lord's death till He comes. And maybe other people aren't listening, but I'm telling you one thing, the devil is listening. And he knows that we put our faith in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that is where he paid for everything that I will ever have need of in this life and in the life to come. And my salvation is not complete until he comes. But every time I remember that body and every time I remember that blood and every time I receive it, I'm enforcing the victory of that salvation in my life in the here and now. Now I'm not completely saved yet. He's still working on me. But every time that I look to the cross and every time I receive, that salvation is working in me. Amen. It's ongoing. The next verse, I know we're, we're going through it here. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Now, when I first got into church, folks... Now, and I don't know if anybody else has experienced this, but when I first really got involved in church, uh, you know, I grew up Catholic and I didn't know anything that was going on. And then, then I got in Pentecostal church and I went in there and I remember one time we were taking communion and they read this verse and one of the guys said, now, now you, need to, you need to examine yourself, you need to check yourself because if you're unworthy, you don't need to take it. And I thought to myself, when it passes by, I, I might just pass on this because I don't know if I'm worthy or not. Can anybody amen me on that? Now let me let me now in the King James Version it says anybody who receives it unworthily, right? But here it says in an unworthy manner. I want you to understand something that there is nobody in this building or anywhere else that is worthy of the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, the reason He died for you and shed His blood is because we were unworthy, but He was worthy and He traded places with us so that we could receive forgiveness and redemption and new life. None of us are worthy. But what He's saying is, you need to come realizing that you're not the worthy one. He is. And when you take it, you need to not take it in an unworthy manner. Now, if you read the whole chapter in context, when they were coming to receive communion, some of them were getting drunk. Amen. I don't know. That would have been a wild church, wouldn't it? I go to the church and they're, they're, they're they're in the church getting drunk. Some of them are getting drunk. There's divisions among them, he says. There's crazy things going on. And he says, when you're taking communion, you're taking it in an unworthy manner. You're not paying attention. You're not reverencing the Lord's body. It's not the person that's unworthy. It's the way you do it that's unworthy. You do it ritualistically. You do it with no faith. You do it with no meaning. You do it with no heart into it. And that's what he's saying is the unworthy manner. And then the next verse says, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Now listen to this, because the night that he was betrayed, he sits with them and he has the bread, he has has the cup. And he says, one of you will betray me tonight. Why didn't he come out and say, you will betray me tonight? Because he wanted everybody in the room to search their hearts. Because the truth is, we're all capable of betraying the Lord. And it's not that he wants us to be all the time in self-examination. I believe that the Lord actually wants us to stay focused on him more than he does ourselves and our own weaknesses. If I stay focused on my weaknesses, I produce a bunch of garbage. Because if I look too deep in there, it looks pretty nasty sometimes. But when I get focused and get lost on Jesus, all of a sudden I get lost in him and I see purity coming out. But there are moments in our lives when we do have to take a moment. We've got to examine ourselves. And we have to decide... Where am I at right now? Am I agreeing with the Lord at this place in my life? Or am I literally agreeing with darkness? Am I in agreement with Satan's will for my life? Or am I in agreement with God's will for my life? And we need to examine ourselves to see if there's anything that is hindering our relationship with God and and keeping us from receiving the full benefits of what Jesus Christ has paid for us. Amen. Next verse, he says, For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ." eat and drink judgment on themselves. Now discerning the Lord's body. Let me read that next verse with this. Next verse says, that is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. So he says, when you take it, he says, you don't discern the Lord's body and you don't discern the Lord's body and many of you are weak and sick and many of you have fallen asleep. Now that's that's a literal language for many of you have, you've died prematurely. Now we've read that in the past and I remember reading it and somebody preaching on it and it scared me to death because I thought, boys, if I take that communion, I'm liable to get sick. I'm liable to get weak. Shoot, I might even die if I take it. Now I want you to understand something. is The, the reality and the truth is, right, that all of us are subject to weakness, are we not? Because we live in a fallen world. All of us are subject to sickness, are we not? Because we live in a fallen world. And all of us are definitely subject to death because we live in a fallen world. But right here, he's saying that many of you, you're weak, you're sick, you're dying prematurely because you don't discern the Lord's body. Now, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the Lord's body for a moment. Jesus Christ took on flesh as new humanity. His body, his physical body was never sick one time. He never experienced any sickness, any disease. And when he went walking around people, sometimes they would just even touch the hem of his garment, much less his body, and power would go out of him and they'd be healed. And then that perfect, holy, pure body actually went to the cross. And on the cross, the Scripture says that He became sin in that moment. He became everything in that moment that was destroying you and destroying me. And He took our sin and He took our sickness and He took our pain upon Himself. And He died and He paid for our sins, but He also paid for our sicknesses and our diseases. Now the Scripture says... Here in in Isaiah, I want to read a couple more verses. It says, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The literal words in the Hebrew for griefs and sorrows are sicknesses and pains. And I'll prove it to you here in a minute. But it says, Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. And the next verse says, But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are healed. Now, Matthew writes about this and he quotes this very same scripture, but here's how he writes it. Look at what Matthew says. It says, When evening had come, they brought to Jesus many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. The very next verse says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, and he's quoting Isaiah 53, He Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses because he knew what the accurate translation was it's not just griefs and sorrows but it's sicknesses and it's pains and he's saying he took that on the cross and see here's what God is saying he's saying that he's given us something now I know this is really this is this is plastic right this is nothing this is a bread and a blood it's not even blood it's grape juice praise God but there's something that happens when we begin to release faith amen there was a there was a woman that came to Jesus and her her daughter was demon demonized and she was stricken, she was afflicted. And she came to Jesus and asked that he would heal her. But Jesus, Jesus kind of says something that almost seems a little bit rude to her, and he says, Listen, it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And the crumbs right here is just a little bit of a crumb. I believe that with all my heart that this is children's bread. This is is the healing that God has provided for you. And so I want you to understand that when we take this bread, when we take this blood, He's provided something for you. He's provided for your sins and He's provided for your sicknesses. He's provided for your diseases. And when I take this, one of the things that I like to do, I want you to stand with me. And if you would, just go ahead and Open that top up now if if anybody doesn't have one, would you raise your hand so we can get one to you? if anybody doesn't have one of these cups? everybody got one? that's good so as we take this, don't take it just yet because I, I i want I want to say a couple more things, but here's what I need you to understand is that this doesn't benefit you if you have not put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. And the first thing that you need to know is that Jesus loves you, that He died for you, and that He wants you to have forgiveness of sins. He wants you to have new life. So I want you to bow your head just for a moment. I don't know everybody's heart in here, but, but before we receive this, I want to make sure that the first and foremost, everybody has received Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior and has put their trust in Him for forgiveness of sins and for eternal life And so if you're here and you say, look, I just, I just really feel like today, right now in this moment is the moment that I need to be sure that I'm right with God. I need to receive forgiveness of all of my sins. I need to confess that to the Lord and just, and just allow him to transform my life and give me new life. And I want him to come and live inside of me. If that's you, would you raise your hand just as a, as a declaration to say, I want to do that tonight. Got somebody here. Any, anybody else? You got some more guys over here. Got several guys. So we got several people raising their hand tonight. Praise God. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to all just alongside with them. Let's let's pray a prayer right quick. I want you to just pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, we look to the cross tonight. Because on that cross, you took my sin. And so I confess my sin. And I turn from it now. I renounce all the things I've done and all of the darkness that I've lived in and I ask you Jesus to forgive me to save me to come Holy Spirit and live inside of me transform me and set me free I confess you as Lord I believe you died for me I believe you were raised on the third day And I make you Lord of my life now. In Jesus' name. Now here's the other thing I want to do because when we receive forgiveness, another thing that we need to do is we need to take a moment just to examine ourselves and we need to pray for those who maybe we need to forgive as well. So I want you to just take a moment to yourself there for a minute. Say, Lord, is there anything in my heart that is hindering my relationship with you that I need to give to you now? And is there anything in my life that I need to confess to you now is there anybody that I need to forgive and just release to you God and Lord we just want to in this moment bless our enemies we want to pray for our enemies we want to pray for those who have hurt us and we just want you God to purify our hearts to purify our motives To help us remember, Lord Jesus, what you did on the cross. Now, won't you take that wafer in your hand, just hold it up to the Lord. He bore those stripes on his back, and the word says that by his stripes you are healed. I want you to say that out of your mouth. Say, By your stripes, Jesus. I am healed. Say it again. By your stripes. Jesus. I am, healed. I am healed. I'll take it in Jesus' name. Now take the cup. You know, in the Old Testament, there are several people. Even in even in the Book of Exodus, they applied the blood of the lamb to the doorposts for each family. And death passed over because of the families. And sometimes when you're praying, you just need to plead the blood of Jesus over your life and over your, the, the life of your, fa- of your family, of your children, of, of everybody that's do, dealing with different stuff. So I so want you to take a moment and what, let's just pray this. Lord, I just pray right now that the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin, that sanctifies us, that redeems us, Lord Jesus. God, that gives us access to the Father. We plead that blood over our lives, God. And we plead it over our families' lives, Lord Jesus. And we pray, God, for those family members and friends that don't know you, Jesus. We plead the blood over their life and we believe you even in this moment. God, to send forth your word and your spirit to bring healing and salvation in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we thank you, God, that this blood we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we declare that this blood washes us and cleanses us from all sin and gives us new life. And we receive it now. In Jesus' name, take it. It's a holy moment. You know, I like to, I like to, after I take it, I literally like to envision... I like to envision just somehow the life of Christ just beginning to flow through my veins because I'm by faith ingesting that. And he said, take this and eat. It is my body. Take this and drink. This is my blood. And we are receiving of his life. And in faith, the Holy Spirit is moving in our lives right now. So here's what I want to do. We're going to sing about three more songs in worship and we're going to worship the Lord. But I know that as we prayed, there are things that the Lord is dealing with you about. Specifically, we had several people raise their hands. I want to ask my, my prayer team, if they would, to, to just come forward.